buckle up, ladies and gentlemen, because it's time for your Super League podcast. Proudly brought to you by Horn Industrial Coatings. Welcome to the electrifying world of Super League basketball. Hello and welcome to the Super League podcast. Dale Taylor, your host, and for all of the guys sitting at home on the edge of their seat, the trade deadline is over. Today's episode brought to you by Hazard Electrical. For all your solar and uh, electrical needs, call Hazard Electrical. Today I am joined by Pirates GM, top top sexiest five bald men, and recently earned the nickname Goliath, Lucas Plaza. DT, what's going on, bro? It's been a while. It's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a while since we've shared the mic. I'm, uh, I will say I'm glad you're back. I'd, mate, I actually think it's been in probably four or five episodes, which is across the last few seasons is a fair old break. I usually sort of try and do every other one or two or three in a row. But, yeah, I've, I've been busy. So good to be on the mic with another of the top five sexiest bald men of all the Super League. So always a pleasure when it's me and you, mate. Yeah, it always is good. Um, this this trade deadline, mate. We had uh, we had a, a multitude of trades to discuss last week. Trade deadline was at five pm this evening. It's about eight thirty as we record this podcast, uh, and no trades, not one. Yeah, they're all a bunch of dirty teasers, our GMs, because there was a lot of chat, uh, a lot of trade chat. You know, in the GM chat, guys putting names up and. Also, you know, looking for options. So nothing got done. Um, a, a bit of an inside weather. There was a fair bit getting discussed right up until uh, the deadline, which uh, wasn't 5 p.m. It was actually 7 p.m. So uh, nothing went through. Uh, the teams stay as they are, um, which for some, I guess, some squads that are probably a little bit behind the eight ball, you know, they're probably looking for a bit of a change. So it'll be inter- interesting to see how the rest of the season unfolds. Yeah, yeah, uh, certainly interesting. I, I thought we'd see a couple. I mean, I, did too. I thought we'd see, you know, one, two trades, but not one. It just surprised the crap out of me. Um, I, I, I was surprised with how many trades there was last week. So I suppose there's, uh, there's that. But yeah, big trade too. There was that big multi-team trade. There was like six players, three six, teams, and like I think it's just the two teams. Half, uh, yeah. The, yeah, like and like two or three first round picks as well, sort of moving. So uh, that we, I guess we we maybe we climaxed too early last week. It's a phrase we hear in my house a lot, but um, <laughs> yeah, maybe we peaked too soon. Oh, it's good to have you back, mate. Um, <laughs> a lot of innuendos tonight, my man. Uh, let's. I mean, we, without um, without any trades to talk, I suppose we'll get straight into our our uh, our Monday night action. Um, the first game on the Monday night was the Packing'em Upper Unicorns getting up by 16 over the Narry Warren Silverbacks, 56 to 40. Uh, yeah, man, I watched um, probably the second half of this game and it was a, a very uh, high-quality game. The Silverbacks were in it most of the night, but the, uh, the, the Corns sort of held that sort of five to ten-point margin for majority of it and sort of stretched it a little bit at the end. Um a very uh, efficient game from Cal McNiff, uh, shooting the ball close to 50%. He had 24 points, 11 rebounds, a couple of steals in there, uh, and a block. Uh, I like the game of Shane Badger. He had 11 and 6. 
Uh, I haven't got the assist numbers on. He had four steals as well. Uh, I can only imagine he would have had some assists. Um, you've got to forgive me. Sorry, I'll tell everyone. I'm, I'm looking at this on my phone. I usually have my laptop, but... Uh, yeah, no, that's okay. Not, to, not tonight, unfortunately. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was very high... Like I said, a high-quality game. Obviously, Cal's a, a really high-quality high player, and he's got a good PG there uh, with the badge sort of feeding him and getting him out on that break. Uh, in the dimes, Cal McNiff, he actually had five uh, assists himself. The badge had three. Uh, Dave Gormley had an assist. Um, yeah. For the Silverbacks, 40 points, another sort of low number for them. Um, I still feel like in this uh, Monday comp, you sort of need to be putting up 55 to 65 to be a, a winning team. Uh, they had Dave Gormley put up 15 and six. Uh, he had a, a dime in there as well. He had a block. Um, Paul Phillips, seven and six. He's starting to look more and more like his old self as he sort of powers into the season, big Paulie. Uh, but other than that, not a lot to read for the Silverbacks. Um, yeah, I don't, they're struggling a little bit. There's one of the teams that I probably thought would make a move or two. Yep. Uh, towards the towards the deadline, the Silverbacks. Uh, they obviously didn't get anything done, so they're sticking with what they got. But, uh, but yeah, the, the Unicorns are, are proving themselves a, a sort of a top two or three team this season. They're pretty hard to beat. They're flying. They're very deep. And uh, they've, they've got guys at every position that can uh, that can play at a high level when required. So, uh, yeah, I like what the Unicorns are. I did too. I like to see Sammy Petit hit a few shots. Uh, he dropped three big balls uh, on the night. He had nine points, four rebounds. Uh, so he's, they're getting value from their lower end picks. Uh, Jacob Hawken. Uh, he he had five points and five rebounds too. It's very important in this comp if you can get some value out of your your sixth and seventh rounders, get a few points and a few rebounds, maybe some steals and blocks and stuff out of them. You're going to go a long way to to winning a few games. Yeah, for sure. All right, Plaus. Up next, we have the Packenham Pirates going down by just two against the Berwick Sharks, sixty to fifty-eight. This was your game, mate. Tell me, uh, tell me a little bit about it. Another uh, very high-quality game, my man. We um, Obviously, the Sharks have got a pretty good one-two punch in um, probably two of the top five players in the comp with Lee and Oz. Uh, and they, I don't want to say put us to the sword. I thought we did a pretty good job defending them. But then you look at the stats here, and they probably did put us to the sword. Uh, Oz led the charge. He had 29 points, 10 rebounds. Uh, shot the ball at 48% as well, which is just elite. Uh, the only thing really hurting is efficiency. He took five from the three-point line and, uh, and missed them all. Uh, Lee had 18 points, uh, nine rebounds, a couple of assists. Oz had seven assists too, uh, leading the way for the Sharks. And for my Pirates, we had uh, Dil Jenk hitting the score sheet with a triple-double. He had 13 points, 13 rebounds, 10 assists. Uh, probably shot the ball a little bit lower than he usually does at 27%. Uh, but Will Tankard was our leading scorer with 28 points. He had six rebounds as well uh, and a dime. He blocked a couple of shots on the defensive end um, as well to sort of keep us in it. It was one of those games we uh, – so, like, we had a we had you know a little five, six-point lead at one point. The Sharks got out to a five, six-point lead. It was just probably always going to be decided by a uh, – by a bucket in the end, and unfortunately, we were on the wrong end of it. We had a couple of turnovers late that proved pretty costly, but uh, all credit to the Sharks, man. They're a bloody hard team to defend against and a really hard team to score against as well. Some interesting stats that I'm just looking at here. I'm looking at uh, Cooper Pantano. He got out of jail there. He shot 2 of 13. He had just five points in the game. 
Rocked up late, I will say, for Coop. I, I don't want to say half time, but pretty close to it, I reckon. So, yep. Um, and outside of that, no one in double figures for the Sharks. Um, your team, on the other hand, you've got um, you got two players in double figures, no one else in double figures, same as the Sharks, but um, some decent production coming from from yourself. And uh, I like what Dennis Smith's doing this season. Yeah, real value from Den. He's been fantastic. Um, just knocked. He got a really nice little midi from the from the baseline, so sort of halfway between the key and the uh, the three point line. If he gets it there, it's cash money every day of the week, twice on Sundays. So we do our best to find him. He does a great job on the defensive end as well. Always knocks down a few, drags down a few rebounds. Sorry, um, and sort of knows where to be on the court. So he's been fantastic for us. Uh, poor Blakey Schreiber couldn't hit the fucking side of a barn at the moment with a basketball. He just can't get a shot to drop. Um, but he's taking good shots as well and, and sort of uh, playing a really good backup point role there. Um, we probably do need to find uh, – we're missing Joshy Filjack as well. Um, he's probably uh, our third best scorer on the season, sort of averages at seven to ten points a game. Um, so sort of missing that sort of run-and-gun productive type player. Um, but, no, nah, I mean, I'm, I'm very lucky. I've got a someone like Dill and even Will uh, that – sort of gravitate the defenders towards them. So you find yourself with a bit of space in the key uh, to, to get a couple of easy looks. Uh, so very lucky to have that. And, and Gav on the defensive end is, you know, as good as they come. He had a couple of blocks, probably one or two more that didn't quite make the stat sheet. Uh, he got his eight rebounds, hit a couple of buckets too. So, yeah, you, you're right. We've got to get probably, like I said, we just need that extra 10-point scorer, but the Sharks could probably say the same thing. They've obviously got Coop there. He shot two from 13 in these limited minutes, so we you, we probably got off the, the chain a little bit there, let off a little bit with, with Coop shooting. Um, but even like Mike, Michael Francis didn't hit the scoreboard. He's a better player than that. Uh, Bryce Joyner was one from eight from the field. He's a, he's a better finisher than that too, so... Yeah, I think there's uh, there's pros and cons for both teams in this one. Obviously, the Sharks will be wrapped with how their their sort of top end players are going. Um, they're they're winning games of basketball, which is all you can really ask. And obviously, Oz is I hadn't really I'd watched him play a little bit, but I hadn't obviously played against him yet. But he just he puts you in a spin cycle. He's so quick and he's surprisingly strong too on the rebounds. So uh, they're going to be very very hard to beat, and especially with you know a, a I want to say two-time MVP with Lee Belton as your backup scorer. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna do all right, and you're gonna be pretty hard to stop. So, yeah, and unfortunately, you know, we're a bit disappointed. We our season drops to like two and four now, and we've lost two games by a bucket. Isn't so you sort of now nah, it's a very even comp on the Monday night. You can't uh, you can't really take a breath, otherwise teams will sort of jump on you and put put ten points on you in two minutes. So, um. Yeah, we feel like our season could be easily the other way, you know, four and two, looking at, you know, securing a spot in the finals. So we've got a bit of work to do, DT. Yeah, it, it only takes a couple of those games that you lose to to really put your season in jeopardy. So uh, fingers crossed for you guys, you can turn it around. Um, the the next game of the night was the Ringwood Rangers. Got it getting up 57 on the Long Warrior Knights, 46. Um, 11-point winners, the Rangers, a good one for them. That's a, I mean, that's a double-digit win on a Monday night. It's pretty, pretty decent, no matter, no matter who you play. Nah, the standards are late on the Monday. The spread's really even. So um, anytime you sort of jump, a, jump ahead of a few buckets on a win, you, you take it and run with it. Uh, Matty Burchett, 
uh, Berkic, sorry, he's had a he's had a few big weeks in a row now, 19 and 16. Uh, three dimes, two blocks as well. So he's stuffed the sheet there, shot it at 50%. Uh, Lucky Tankard, uh, 13 points, six rebounds, a couple of dimes. Um, and I also like Pete Kennedy, Pistol Pete's game. He had 14 points, four rebounds, three assists. Playing well uh, this season, PK. He played well last season too. I was actually very shocked that he dropped to the third round. I know we had a, a pretty stacked Monday night lock list, but um, but he's definitely... Yeah, in my eyes, uh, definitely a second rounder and a, a pretty good, uh, a pretty good point guard if you're needing one. So good on Pistol. He's, he's shooting well too, shooting at 46% in this game. So very good for him. For the Knights, uh, it was the Fudge uh, Fudge Packer, 17 points. He had three assists, eight rebounds. Um, other than that, Jakey Sutherland was the only one to get into double digits. He had a double double with 10 and 10. Uh, a couple of dimes there as well. A few points in the eights. Mackenzie Miles with eight, uh, eight points, seven rebounds. Josh for just recently traded. That's probably his best game of the season, I reckon. Yeah, I don't know much about Mackenzie Miles. So I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't know him if I ran into him. But uh, good, good numbers there. Uh, Josh Farage has been exceptional for the Knights all season. He had eight and seven. Uh, a donut for Jess Maudsley, zero from eleven. Uh, on the field goals. So that usually says he's going to light the shit out of someone up this weekend, this week, I reckon. Uh, he might have a 25 piece because he's not going to do that two weeks in a row. Uh, but yeah, 46 points. Again, I said it before, um, actually about Jake's, <laughs> Jake's dad's team. You need to be scoring sort of 55 to 65, I think, to be to be a chance of winning in this uh, this Monday comp. So the, the Knights need to find a few points and they need to find them fast. Yeah, and, and it's... Like you say, you know, Jess Maudsley's probably not going to do that again. So, um, you know, with two two elite three-point shooters in um, Dill and, and Jess Maudsley, uh, you like to think that the defense is really going to have to work to to manage those guys. Absolutely. Um, Bailey Griffiths, nine points, six rebounds too. Some good value there. Uh, Bojack Whelan, six, point, uh, six rebounds, two points. So you probably expect a little bit more from Bojack. But, uh, but, yeah, the Rangers, again, another really hard team to play uh, against. And when you've got big, uh, uh, big Matty Berkic in the, in the key, it's, it's hard to get a shot up without having a hand pretty much all over it. So they're a very hard team to, to score against, and he's got some range too, Matty, so a hard team to defend as well. All right, mate. The, the final game of the night was a blowout in a big way, um, almost unheard of on the Monday night. Uh, we haven't seen a game like this get blown out quite the way the Camels blew out the Vikings, 64-28. to 28. Uh, Yeah, yeah, this is ugly reading, mate. I actually left. Uh, I didn't get to watch any of this game. I'm kind of spewing I didn't. I would have liked to have seen the, the Camels perform a, a genuine gangbang on some helpless Vikings. But, uh, yeah, they got one, two, three, four players in double digits, the Camels. Uh, pretty, a pretty even spread, too. Um, you know, usually in a game like this, you'll see one player pop off for sort of 30 or 40 and run away with it. But uh, but a good spread for the Camels. You've got uh, H. Melson leading the uh, the scoring, 17 points, eight rebounds, four assists, uh, shot it at 41%. So a bit more like the Hayden Melson we know. His shooting's been a little bit off this season so far. Uh, Mason Moon's been having a fantastic first up season in Super League. He had 16 points. Eight dimes. He had a couple of rebounds and four steals as well. Uh, Jack Morris, Bernie, ten and thirteen. Uh, Mark Surtees, eleven and twelve as well. Double, double. A nice big, yeah. And and 
nice big boy game from Markey. I love to see that. Kyle Day knocked down a triple or two. Uh, and for the Vikings, it's pretty ugly reading. No one made the the double digits. Obviously, you've only got 21 points between the team. Uh, no one's really having a big one. Um, Aiden Davey, probably the best of them, eight and six with a couple of, uh, of dimes in there. Uh, their shooting numbers are pretty poor, 17% across the uh, the team. So uh, two from 10 from Simon Page, Dick. Uh, one from 10 from Scotty Elliott. One from eight from Jaden O'Neill. Three from 16 from Hayden Davey. Uh, the best of them was Hayden Byron, uh, top five, Hayden Byron, <laughs> shooting at a 40% from only five looks. So a dirty old night for the uh, for the Vikings, mate. I don't think we need to say too much else about that. But, yeah, they'll yeah. Uh, hopefully, hopefully no, back up. I just don't know, like you've got, in my opinion, probably three of the highest IQ guys in Super League. You know, you've got... Mike Godfrey, Hayden Davies, and Timo Pajdic, uh, not to mention Rob Middleton as well. Um, in fact, like this whole team, I think are smart basketball players. So it's just hard to hard to imagine those guys replicating a performance like this. Mm, yeah, it's it's. I, I don't, yeah, I don't, you're not going to see it again, are you? Even like I, I didn't say Robbie before, but zero from seven. He's a he's a much better shooter than that. So. Obviously, it's just one of those nights and, you know, we've all had them where nothing goes right for you. You know, the rebounds just go over your head a little bit or the shot seems to hit the backboard a little bit more of the side of the rim. So, they'll be, uh, like I said, hopefully better for it. I was expecting Mikey to probably make a couple of changes. He already has, but um, he's not the type of GM that's just going to sit there and let a season drag away. So, I was surprised that the Vikings didn't pull the trigger on a trade or two. But, um, but they've got some they've – got, they've got a damn good list there. I backed them to – you know, double that score, uh, if not triple it in a week or two's time and, and put someone to the sword. Yeah, there's definitely enough horses in the stable there for the Vikings, I think, but um, they just need to they just need to put their foot down. Absolutely. Uh, that is the end of our Monday night games. We're going to take a quick break, hear from our sponsors and talk about our Tuesday night games. Horn Industrial Coatings offer you the best quality in epoxy floor coverings. Whether it's a factory floor, showroom, garage or outdoor basketball court, Horn Industrial Coatings will have you covered. Their products are designed to be hard wearing and are suitable for foot traffic and even vehicle traffic. With over 20 years of experience, Dean and the crew at Horn Industrial Coatings will make sure your flooring is finished to the highest standard. Get in contact for a free quote at www.hornindustrialcoatings.com.au. All right, and we are back. We are here to talk Tuesday night, and the first game on the Tuesday night was an absolute cracking game. It was the Officer Hornets going down by three to the Cranburn Bucks, 54-51. to 51. Flozzy, this was, uh, I don't know if you caught the the live of this game, but um, shit hot, shit hot finish to the game. I was uh, keeping an eye on the stats, and the one thing I did notice was Joshy Storner just coming out of the gate, just lighting the place on fire. How many threes did he have in that first quarter? It was like four or five or something like that? I think he had four maybe in the first quarter. It was just mental. Shot the ball very, very well. He has been due, actually. Um by his own admission, he's probably had a lean shooting start to the season. So good to see him drop some shots. Uh, Three-point margin, mate, 54 beats 51. Um, I like the the spread 
from the from the Bucks. Obviously, Joshy leading with twenty points. Uh, Mike Stewart had himself a double double, eleven and twelve. Uh, blocked three shots as well, which is really nice from Big Mikey. Good to see him getting uh, getting up and swatting a few. Uh, but after after that, you've got one, two, three blokes on six points. Um, everyone hitting the scoreboard, uh, which I really like to see. So a really good spread there from from the Bucks. Uh, for the Hornets, uh, leading the way, Brad Starkey, 14 and 6. Uh, John O'Brien, 11 points, uh, 5 assists, 4 rebounds as well. Um, and uh, Matt Darcy, 7, 7, 7 steals, 6 rebounds. That's a stacked little point guard sheet, that one. He had a great game, actually. He was terrific late in that game. Uh, it's a shame that he's actually been locked away for the next five to ten years for repeated theft with seven steals as well. Yeah. Uh, a few of the cops in our league couldn't let him walk away free from that. Seven steals is ridiculous, uh, just quietly. Um, no, really even game this one, mate. I didn't obviously didn't watch it, but what were your thoughts watching it live? Uh, well, it, it sort of seemed like the Officer Hornets had it all but sewed up. Um and they just, oh, geez, they just let it go. They, they seemed like they had all the chances in the world, but, um, yeah, just couldn't get the job done. I think, um, you know, Joshy Saunders having a massive game was a big help. Um, Mikey Stewart wasn't required. Um, well, I mean, was required, but wasn't required to have a, a massive game. He had 11 and 12, um, had three blocks in there as well. Uh, we had... That was the only two players in double figures. Morseman, I thought, was good. He had um, he had six and four in his first game as a buck. Uh, Jack Vashar in two and four. Uh, Mikey Snyder's six and six. Uh, Greg Wise, six in 11 assists. Um, Andrew Dowling hit a, uh, a three in this game as well. So, uh, yeah... <laughs> I don't know. It, it looked it looked as though the Hornets were going to win this game, but um, but yeah, they just they just came up short. I reckon. Uh, and kudos to you for getting me this stat sheet to look at because I got a lot more on them. Uh, second chance points seventeen to eight in favor of the Bucks. I reckon that's the difference there. Yeah, and and the Bucks they they made a conscious effort to trade in some more rebounding. They brought in Morseman um, to help. You know, Greggy and Schneiders and um, Mike Stewart on the glass, and and I think I think it made a difference, at least to the eye. You know what? It it probably does. And like you look at his rebound numbers, they're not massive, but that's a body holding probably two bodies out of the paint because he is a big man. Yeah, uh, a big strong man. And I do say the second chance points is an interesting stat because you'd assume if you're getting more, you know, you've pretty much doubled the second chance points from another another team that you'd be cleaning more offensive glass than they are, but that doesn't, it's not the way it is on this one. The Hornets had six more offensive rebounds than the Bucks. So interesting that, um, yeah, Seven I like it. Sorry. Points was the largest lead in this game. And that was the, the Bucks got out to a seven point lead. The officer Hornets led by four at one point. Um, the lead changed hands 10 times in this game. It was just, it was close the whole time. Uh, it was a really terrific game to watch. Very nice, mate. We'll lead into the next game. Uh, is that the next game? Or are I looking in the wrong? Uh, if I'm if I'm wrong, I apologise. But the next game was the Drew and Dragons uh, performing a Bukaki session on the Garfield Foxes. 
uh, courtesy of a oh, pretty even cool. scorecard. Yeah. Sorry, mate. I was just going through the – I thought this was the that's, game. Where let, very, very balanced. Um, the score in the end was 52 to 27. Uh, and it was Jamie, uh, sorry, Michael Blythe leading all scorers uh, in this game with 16 points, four boards, three assists. Um, that second round jam selection is starting to look really funny, isn't it? <laughs> uh, and you know I was a big adv- advocate for that in the jam chat. Uh, a good even spread we've already spoken about. Ash Beck, 11 points, 14 rebounds, pretty standard from him. Uh, Phil Schofield, 12 and 1. I like seeing Phil put the ball in the net. Uh, Jared Kells had two points but had 15 rebounds. He did a great job on the glass. Uh, Like you said, a really good spread for the Foxes. It's pretty dirty reading. Uh, We're talking about this in the break, but shot the ball at 15.9% from the field as a team, which is just yuck. Uh, 16 points for Joey Nativo was the only one that really got going for them. Uh, Jeff Reed had seven points. And then after that, uh, we got four donuts on the scorecard. Uh, and the only other bloke hitting the scorecard was Corey Brumby with four. So a dirty old night for the Foxes, mate. It's not often you see someone like Jeffrey going three from 17 from the field. Yeah, just had just had one of those nights, and we've seen so many uh, so many games this season alone where he's really carried the team scoring-wise. So um, I think it's promising that they've got, you know, a running mate that can they can sort of head up into the double digits with, um, with him in Joey Nativo. Riley Lanting, um, you know, surprised to see him not hit the score sheet. He's been terrific all season. And Josh Vukovic, um, I think, has has proven himself as a scorer in this league as well. But, um, yeah, just a just a dog of a night. Um, and one thing I, I noticed in your coverage of the Dragons, was it intentional that you just brushed over Harry Darcy's stats? Uh, no. Yes. yes. What? No, why? He had two, five, and two. What the yeah, fuck? Talk about that. Sorry, not not to be rude to Harry Darcy, but still beef. There's still beef. He's still got beef there. There's three blokes in double digits and one 15 boards. No, Harry's um, he suits this team. You know, you've got Michael. You got obviously Mick Blythe running the ball a lot as the main point guard. Harry's a, a great backup for that, um, and with a couple of big boys in there as well, gives him a lot of room to move around and, and not have to go inside and and can do his thing. So. Yeah, no, he only had two looks too, actually. He's probably a better player than that. I'd be feeding in the ball a little bit more for a few more shots. But, yeah, no beef, bro, no beef. We uh, we had a little clash last season. I, I might have screened him a little bit uh, little bit hard when he was playing a boxing one, but we, we shook hands and had a cuddle at the end of the game. Might have been – yeah, it was nice. I, it's, he is the David to this Goliath, you know. I, I, I ran to Monday night comp to get away from Harry. He scared the shit out of me that night. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. it was, it's. I, I could talk about it. I could do a whole podcast on that moment alone. <laughs> there's, uh, there's been. A, we could do a, a Super League's hairiest moments compilation. There's been a few over the nine seasons, there's, ten seasons or whatever. In there. Yeah, I nearly got put through a wall one time by Dave Morseman. Uh, join the list, mate. There's probably fifteen blokes in our league that have almost been put <laughs> through a wall from Dave Morseman. Uh, uh, no, look, obviously the Drew and Dragons are proving themselves at top of the table in uh, in the Tuesday night comp, mate, and uh, look very, very hard to beat and a good chance of going back-to-back. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're definitely the team to beat at the moment. They haven't lost a game, um, and I think their all-round approach uh, to winning games is, is good. Um, you know, you don't have anyone sort of 
really dominating the the score sheet. It's just done by committee, and um, you know I'd love to see Phil Schofield up there because he's he's a, a valuable contributor. But any one of those guys can easily give you double double digit scoring on any night. So it's ridiculous. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to cut you off here because the more I go over this list, there's three, in my opinion, first round Tuesday night draft picks in that team. Yeah. What, what were the rest of you Tuesday GMs doing when Mike was picking his team? <laughs> got himself. He's got Jamie McNeil and Ash Beck. That is very agricultural, mate. Was there money changed hands or something? Like, were you guys just letting Ash Beck go to the third round for him, or what? I had no. He had he had two second round picks plus himself. He's uh, he's done very well uh, in constructing a decent team around that as well. Um, but yeah, I had Ash Beck in the top twenty, um, and you know I think he dropped to like twenty eight or thirty or something like that. Uh, off just off the top of my head, but um, yeah, just just picked up. He identified uh, players that had that had slipped and, and jumped on him, and he's done a fantastic job. Indeed, he has. Uh, on to the next one, mate. We move on. The Nanagoon Bulldogs uh, notching up a win against the Bunyip Wizards. Uh, good to see the Bulldogs jump up and and snag one. I think they've been they've been a little bit below par. Uh, would that be no, fair? I don't know if they're below par. I think they've just been on the receiving end of a couple of close losses. Um, and like you said earlier in the podcast, you know, you, you lose a couple of close games, your season starts to look like shit. And um, and they're the Bulldogs as a team are anything anything but. They're uh, they're definitely a tough team to play against. Uh, Matty Thielen leading the way, nineteen points, eight rebounds. Uh, Carl Tierkinen. Fourth round GM selection. We need to be having some genuine discussions here. 13 7. I had a couple of steals as well. Went the big there. Yeah, disgusting. Oof. Disgusting. Uh, Steve West, 12 points. Steve West, the best. 12 points, uh, three dimes, four rebounds. Uh, good to see Justin Temby back in the league. Obviously, an injury replacement, which we never like to hear, but. Uh, it means we get good people like Moose back in here. I'm I'm not unhappy about that. Uh, he drained a, a triple. He had a few rebounds, five rebounds uh, and a steal. Uh, Angus Fay moved teams uh, two and nine. He had nine dimes, which is fantastic, showing off his uh, his point skills there. I'm assuming feeding Maddie and Carl uh, down low. Uh, for the Wizards, uh, not a bad little spread here, actually. Trent Reeford with 17 uh, and six shooting seventy percent from the field. Uh, Jake Connor ten and six, couple of steals there as well. Uh, Snoz Bray had nine and eight with three dimes. After that, not a not a lot of scoring. Say it again. Four steals in there as well for the Schnoz. Did too. Yeah, yeah, sneaky. Very sneaky, sneaky. Uh, yeah, ended up losing by fifteen. So a bit of a blowout. The biggest lead of the game was at eighteen. Uh, the Wiz not taking the lead at any point in this one um, where I didn't obviously watch it live. DT, what, what were your thoughts watching? Yeah, it, it seemed very one side in the second half. I mean, I'm, when we, when we look at the, the quarter scores, I mean, the, the Nanagoon Bulldogs are out by, by nine after the first break. So um, yeah, it looks like the, the wizards made a bit of a comeback in the third, but um, ultimately, the, the damage was done. They couldn't sort of get over the line in the fourth. 
Um, I like for I, I said it before, but the nine dimes for Angus Fay. I think he's going to work really well. This is obviously someone that uh, Carl traded for. I reckon last week maybe um, from the Wizards. If I'm not wrong, it might have been Dave. Uh, I don't know how to say his last name there. Sorry, mate. If I'm getting it wrong, uh, Kotai or Kutai. Yeah, Kutai. There you go. Uh, I reckon that's a straight swap, those two. And and Carl's done pretty well here because he's got himself a genuine pass-first uh, point guard that's going to feed, like I said, Manny Thielen himself, uh, Westy. Um, these guys are going to get great looks by having Angus run the ball up, I reckon. So a good get there for Carl. Yeah, I think um, I think that team is going to benefit from having a, a pass-first guy there because, yeah, like you say, they've got some some decent shooting on the perimeter that they can, they can go to. So... Um, whenever you've got a guy that can dish out to those shooters and, and penetrate inside, uh, I think it I think it bodes well for the Bulldogs. Um, it was good to see Jav there. He was uh, he was down there last night in his uh, in his moon boot. Oh, sorry, last Tuesday in his moon boot. Um, I think That's who was... Justin uh, replaced, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, he was he was pretty devastated, um, but it was yeah, it was awesome to just see him come down and. And uh, and have a look and uh, sort of stay involved. Love to see it. it was a bit. It was a bit like Joel Donnelly vibes. I loved it. Oh, Coach JD, <laughs> I loved it. It was great. Absolutely. Uh, On to the final game of the night, mate. Was the two cans, uh, the Harkaway two cans going down to the Delmore Devils. Now this looked like an absolute cracker. Uh, Eighty-one beats sixty-nine. So it's not often a team puts up near on seventy points and gets done in this league. Uh, yep. by Leon Stately for, I reckon, the second time this season, uh, dropping a 30-point game, hitting 10 triples. Uh, had a two-point make as well, I might add. Shot 100% from inside the arc. I don't know if there's something to that. Must have been from uh, mine. Must have been. It must have been a long two. Uh, he had 32 and four. He had an assist as well, which I'd find really hard to believe. I don't think that's true. Uh, and <laughs> laid it up. Yeah, blocked a shot too. Uh, Bill Winder, 23-10, and 10, a big double-double. Uh, Link Scott had 13, uh, seven dimes, six rebounds, so a fantastic game for the point guard. Uh, six points for Zach Jock, six rebounds as well. Uh, for the Toucans, you know, I don't feel like they've done a lot wrong here. They've, they've had Leon uh, get hot, and that's probably the difference in this game. They had a pretty good spread as well. Uh, James Top having a fantastic season, 27 points, 13 rebounds, three dimes. I feel like uh, his best game for the season, actually, is he had a ripper game, uh, particularly in the second half of this. Yeah, and a great shooting spread. Shot the ball at 43.5% for the game, which in our league, uh, none of us are professionals, is is pretty pretty handy uh, mm. finishing the ball. Lukey Thomas, 16 points, six rebounds, a couple of dimes as well. Uh, and Lucas Armstrong, uh, proving the critics of him going the third round wrong with a 15-8 and eight game. Loved uh, his game. Yeah, shot it at 54.5% as well. Uh, four from five from inside the arc. So some good finishing there from Lucas. Uh, yeah, like I said, I don't. Uh, just going by the score sheet, I don't feel like this team's done a lot wrong in this game. They've just had one bloke uh, shoot the absolute piss out of it at the other end. Yeah, you're probably right. And I think perhaps in this, you know, in the following weeks, there's room for improvement too. Like, Dan Bell's coming in for his first game. He had four points. I think um, I think his numbers will probably indefinitely, oh, sorry, definitely uh, head head north. Uh, Tommy Daly, I think uh, he's a, he's a much better player than a donut. Um, 
he's a he's a terrific inside finisher and someone you can't really challenge his shot. Um, same with Morgs. Morgs is a, a really strong inside player. So I think there's a lot of a uh, lot of talent in there um, yet to be unlocked. Absolutely, mate. I, I think um, if they're putting up seventy points most weeks, they're going to win uh, plenty of games before the end of the season. Uh, it's it's weird to say that only you know only one thing went wrong for them and they lose by what twenty two, but you know. Leon putting up those numbers and shooting at that high of a clip is, is you know, we know he's capable of it, but it's probably only going to happen once or twice a season. Um, and unluckily for the two cans, this was that night. Yeah, yeah. I, I have an apology for the two cans. I actually warmed up with, uh, with Leon and um, <laughs> that's why he shot so well. So <laughs> You're the key. So you're going to be warming up before every Dunmore Devils game now under the uh, watch block. <laughs> Jay Rich with a gun in your back on, you will stand in his face. <laughs> you will warm with that man. All right, next up we have the Hayden Byron top five. The Hayden Byron top five this week is the top five handles in Super League. Um, I, I like you. I like you. I, I, I'm not privy to this top five, so I'm, I'm hearing it for the first time, DT. I'm looking forward to it. I've selected there's, – there's a number of guys that – are just unstealable from, you know, I put in like, uh, like Timmy Morgan, uh, Jamie McNeil, Josh Farragher, those sort of guys, they're all rock solid with the ball, but I'm talking like flashy handles can get to a spot using their dribble moves. Uh, that's the sort of handles that I'm talking about here and coming in at number five, I've got Cooper Pantano. The professor, <laughs> the professor, um, <laughs> Some, some, uh, some people refer to him as uh, what's his name from the ball? Alex Caruso. He's got the he's, he has got a fantastic haircut, Coop too, actually, which I, I I will talk about. But no, I, I agree with this one, mate. I like it. I actually thought he might be a little bit higher, so I'm going to be interested to hear the next four. He's he's just got handles that are out of this world. He's uh, he's very quick with it. He can he can sort of get to a spot using his uh, using his cross crossovers and spins and uh, all the rest. Number four, I have Angus Faye. Very nice. Very nice. I, I, we spoke about him before, a pass-first point guard, so uh, he doesn't sort of make headlines with his scoring, but uh, nine dimes this week, so he knows how to distribute. Um, yeah. I haven't watched him. I've watched him in uh, scrims and, and a few games here and there, but you've probably had a bit more exposure to Angus. Yeah, I mean, he, he's just—he's one player. I put him—I put him in the uh, that Matt Darcy uh, sort of uh, class in that he can get to whatever spot that he wants on the floor. Um, it's just people sort of give him a bit much space to shoot the three, and he's not um, not willing to shoot it. Um, but I think you know, if he was to to shoot the ball more frequently from the three, he would be unguardable because you would have to respect that. And then also not get beat off the dribble. Uh, very, very difficult to do. Very nice, very nice. Was uh, one of the names you dropped there going to be further up the list? I'm thinking. Oh, I, I don't know, mate. I've, I'm just reading. I haven't actually haven't actually got to number <laughs> one yet. But <clears throat> making this up as we go. <laughs> number three, I have Shane Badger, the Badge. Oh, very nice. Yeah, great selection. Um, the Badge obviously had a season off. Uh, last season, and he, he made a return and probably dropped a little bit lower than I thought he would. He went to the third round, so um, a fantastic point guard. He drives really well. 
Um, he's got a really nice shot fake too. Uh, he sort of gets you biting, uh, gets you up in the air, and then before you know it, he's, he's gone around and he's at the rack. So I, I like that pick. I very much like it. Just super crafty with the ball and, um, yeah, very very hard play to defend. Um, you don't know if he's going to shoot it or, you know, put you in a spin cycle. Absolutely. And uh, always with the, the man top bun done up as well. He's got a great head of hair. Very jealous of that. I think that's um, that's part of being a good ball handler. I think you have to have the the man bun. Is that our excuse? Is it we don't have hair, so we're shit out running it? Yep, that's me. <laughs> uh, number two, I have Summit Tapper. Oh, Rain Man, Mister Night Night. Yeah, and I don't know if anyone's sort of seen Summit when he's up and about, but um, you get that man a couple of threes, and all of a sudden he's He's putting all the bag on you. He's um he's yeah through the legs, step backs, round the backs. Um, he can pretty much get to whatever spot that he wants once he's uh, got a full head of steam going on. So, um, yeah, he's definitely one player that you you, you find hard to stay in front of when he's uh, when he's being aggressive with it. The downtown king, mate. Uh, any of our super leaguers that haven't come across his highlights page yet, do yourself a favour uh, and. Facebook search Summit Tapper, the Downtown King. You will be treated, absolutely treated. Free shout out on the pod. I oh actually, yeah, I was watching one of his videos just before the podcast started. He um he had like a step back three, and this guy sort of took his landing space. He fell over. He did it. I call it the Steve West, um, <laughs> falling a bag of bones on the ground. And the opposing <laughs> player is like running up the court, making these flopping signals at him, like, "Hey, you're flopping, you're flopping." Uh, yeah, anyway, I digress. Um, uh, number one, Matt Darcy. Very nice. I mean, I, I feel very like nice. that's a no-brainer. Um, the guy's just impossible to stay in front of. Uh, he's got all sorts of crafty fakes, hezzies, uh, spins, shot fakes. He's got the whole lot uh, in the bag. And um, probably, I think, one of the toughest players to defend in Super League. Yeah, I've got actually got to be honest. I haven't played against Matty that often. He's usually been on the other night to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I obviously read his stats a lot when I'm doing Player of the Week and whenever we do the pod, so I'm familiar with, uh, obviously, his pedigree. But I haven't been exposed uh, to his, I guess, game time sort of ball usage. Uh, so you're going to know a lot more than me. I'm going to um, – I reckon you've missed a couple of big ones, DT. Uh, are you are you done talking about Matty Darcy or do you want to – Say a few more words about the great man. He's just very, very good. That's all I'll say. Great beard too. Um, I reckon you've missed two big ones, mate. And and yeah, feel please. free to disagree no. with me. Uh, we're both allowed to be wrong. It's usually just you, but we're both allowed to be wrong. Uh, <laughs> Lee Belton. For, for hand? For mine, yes. He is pull-up shot. He doesn't jump. It's amazing. So I, I take handles as trying to find your spot and get into your spot and, and, and not being challenged in it. He does that probably more than any other player in the comp. Uh, and Dill Jenkinson, probably the best point guard in the comp. Yeah, see, I put, I put Dill in that category of absolutely rock solid with the ball. You can't steal it off him. But he hasn't got the – well, I don't see like the flashy – um, you know, get to your spot type things. He's just very and – and I feel like this is uh, typical of, of like your rep basketball players. They use the ball uh, for function only. And um, I feel like he's in that 
category. He's very clever with what he does with the ball. I was about to say that he does enough for whoever he's playing on. You get a, it gets a funny look in his eyes when he's got, and it happened a few times the last couple of weeks when we've played uh, Cal McNiff and Angus and Austin Shelley. He gets a bit of a the smile's still there, but it's a little bit harder. The ball yeah. go, he gets a little bit lower. The ball, uh, you know, he's not doing a big high bounce like he usually does and just gliding past. It goes through the legs a few more times. It uh, it leaks, you know, it's a bit more like uh, sort of like the, I don't know what you call it, where you sort of pull the ball out and like crossover type moves. And he's got he's got a bag. I reckon it's up there. It's it's definitely up there with the quality you've put on that list. But a very good top five. Uh, Snags is Funks. one that I almost have in there too, actually, just thinking on it. Very functional with uh, with what he does with the ball, Snags. Um, very calculated. He's such a calculated player. When he comes into the key, you know, he, he's sort of you can you can see his mind ticking over. He's evaluating where you're going to go, where the last person's gone, as he's euroing through and pausing. And um, yeah, he's just rock solid again. Rock solid with the ball, functional. Very nice. No, I like it. A good a good list has some debate, mate. <laughs> you want to strike up a conversation. You don't want to just say, hey, here's my five. And you go, yeah, great five. And then we talk about something else. I want to talk about it properly. We've done that. I love it. <laughs> uh, all right. We, we've, got, um, we've got a couple other things to discuss, uh, and that is our team of the week. Um, pretty decent team of the week this week, uh, Plozzy. I, uh, I'm just, just pulling it up now. Um, has it been on the web? Has it been on the Facebook page this and, week? This is this is fresh. This is ah, very really? fresh. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're reading it, and I'm listening to it for the first time. <laughs> uh, so at the point guard, we have your man, the pickle. Uh, thirteen points, thirteen rebounds, ten assists. That triple double gets him the starting spot in the point guard position. Starting at shooting guard, Leon Stapley with his eleven threes, thirty-two points. At the small forward, Bill Winder gets the nod, 23 and 10. Power forward, Matty Thielen, 19, 8 and 3. At the center spot, we've got Toppy with his 27 and 13. Coming off the bench, we've got Aussie Shelley with his 29, 10 and 7. And Mac Burkeck Burko, 19 and 16. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if there's a. I don't know if there's a team of the week that's going to top that. Oh, that's tough going, man. That's yeah. I don't. I don't have any arguments. Uh, when you read out Leon at the starting shooting guard, I was like, oh, what about Oz? But then I'm like, nah. Leon took the absolute piss this week. So uh, very nice, mate. I like it. Um, I think he had a bit of a lean week. Cal McNiff didn't he? Otherwise, he's usually a bit of a shoe in for these weeks as well. Uh, yeah. Can't remember his stats. Yeah. Hard to argue. Yeah, like Big Burko in there. Like he's that's a that's a genuine center if ever you need one. But interesting to note, every single well, actually, I won't say Aussie Shelley. I'm pretty sure he did. Every one of these players, Packenham Warriors, Pickle Warriors, Stapley Warriors, Winder Warriors, Tealand played Warriors at one point. Toppy Warriors, Burko Warriors, Aussie Shelley. I'm not 100 percent sure. Maybe. Uh, Maybe let me know, but we're probably crossing three decades with some of those names too. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it's definitely like you know, first generation warriors, second generation warriors. 
<laughs> I don't reckon Pickle will swing on. Uh, it's, yeah, it's pretty good. And third generation Warriors with like Pickle. <laughs> I don't reckon half those boys were swimming around their old boys' nutsacks when uh, Leon was lighting up the Warriors. <laughs> back back in the day, Leon used to have a little ponytail uh, and his hair used to <laughs> go down to his ass. Yeah, he did. And, oh. man, you just hated seeing that bloke step on the court against you. It was crazy. <laughs> Very good, mate. Very nice. Uh, leading into our player of the week, so our, our players of the week, um, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe it was still Pickle. Uh, with his 13, 13, and 10, and Leon Stapley with his 32.113 game. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with any of those. In Under my normal rules of doing Player of the Week, uh, I usually only have one nomination per game. Uh, I got a bit snowed under this week, so Greggy gave me a chop out, and he went rogue. He's gone with two from our game, so... Uh, Pickle getting the nod uh, over Oz Shelley was probably your next best. He had the 29 and I want to say 29 and 9 or 29 and 10. Uh, and Leon was undisputed, mate. Uh, if he's putting up numbers like that, he's going to be putting up MVP chance soon. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, pretty mint performances. Congratulations to both of you guys. Um, one other thing we've got to discuss before we head off. It's, uh, it's a big round of basketball next week, Posse. It is. We've got crossovers, mate. Crossover games, uh, 10 games across the two nights. Um, I'm just going just gonna to read them out real quick. Give me a we'll, – we'll shout out a tip for each one um, and we'll, uh, we'll get out of here. So the first, first game on the Monday is going to be the Narry Warren Silverbacks versus the Delmore Devils. Uh, the Devils by 10. I think I'm going with the Devils too. They've been pretty good all season. Uh, the next game was the Ringwood Rangers and the Officer Hornets. This should be a cracker. It should be. Uh, I'm going with the Rangers. Uh, I don't know if they've got an answer on the inside for Big Burko, the Hornets. Yeah. I I mean, they've got Starkey. They've just brought Starkey in. Um, I'm going to go with the Hornets. I think they've been in um, they've been in good form the last few weeks and they've had guys pop up that um, – that you wouldn't expect, uh, and they've got yeah, they, their later round picks are very capable. So I'm I'm going to pick the Hornets for that reason. Um, Harkaway Toucans versus Baronia Bloodhounds. Uh, I've got the Hounds, but I think this will be a very good game of basketball. Um, the Hounds are probably one of the more the better put together in terms of depth teams that you'll find, but uh, they've coughed up a couple of games too, so. Uh, the Toucans definitely have a chance, but I'm going with the Hounds. Yeah, I think the Hounds too in this one. Uh, the Jembrook Pacers and the Garfield Foxes. Pacers by 20. I think the I think the Pacers, although the Foxes are going to be hungry, they they can't have another game like they did last time. So they look for them. want to be hungry, but yeah. <laughs> look for them to come out hard. I still think the Pacers maybe get this one, but uh, we'll see what happens. Cranburn Bucks and the Long Worry Knights. Uh, I've got the Bucks in this one. I think the Knights are still pretty fresh with their sort of new look team. They've had a couple of big changes last uh, last week, so that can take some getting used to. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Bucks. I reckon uh, I'm going to go with the Knights on this one. I think um, they're due for a win. And, uh, and like we said earlier, you know, Simo is due for a big one. Um, and you know, I think 
I think maybe maybe tomorrow's the night. On the Tuesday, we have the Druin Dragons versus the Coraline Camels. This should be a good one. This will be a cracker, mate. Uh, I'm going the Dragons. Just I reckon they've got a bit more scoring depth, but the Camels put up a massive spread uh, last week too. So, yeah, I I reckon this will be a sort of a, a 65 beats 60 type game. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the Dragons as well. They're they're unbeaten, um, and it, I think it's going to be yeah five points or less. Mm-hmm. Sharks and the Bulldogs. Or uh, sharks, sharks by probably five. I think, yeah, Oz is ridiculous. Is gonna take the piss, and then obviously having Lee and Coop, I reckon they've got too much scoring power. Not that the dogs don't have any scoring power, but I reckon the sharks will be too strong. Yeah, I'm undecided here. I think, I think I'm going to go with the sharks, but I think maybe it's going to be closer than than what we might imagine. Um, mm-hmm. Bayside Reapers packing them up at Unicorns. Um, I'll go the Corns, but not with a lot of confidence. I like your team, DT. I reckon you did a great uh, a great job on draft night. Uh, it's just whether you can stop uh, you can you know stop getting stiffed by the McNiff. It's one of yeah. the hardest tasks in Super League stopping that man. So. Tough job, and uh, obviously I'm picking the Reapers, but uh, I think this should be a very, very competitive game. Mm-hmm. The Lakeside Vikings versus the Turidan Kraken. Oh, I, I, <laughs> I'm going to regret this, but I'm tipping the Vikings to bounce back, I think. Yeah, I'm going with the Kraken. I, the Kraken are actually a... Informed team at the moment. Um, I think Bailey Abraham's playing some good basketball, and Timmy's still yet to play his best. So, I think um, I think the Kraken in this one. Mm-hmm. The last one, the Wizards and the Pirates. Uh, the Wizards. No, my boys will bounce back and bounce back extremely strong. Uh, I reckon we win by ten plus. Being very confident. I, uh, I'm going to go with the Pirates as well. Um, I just I think the the depth you've got on that team is is pretty decent. Um, the Wizards they're due for one. Um, I just don't. Well, know. They can be due next week as well. All right. It's, it's going to take their best. It will take That's, their best. Uh, a nine forty game too. So the uh, graveyard shift. Looking forward to that. Well, there you have it, mate. That's our crossover round. Um, all summed up, we'll come here and talk about how many tips we got wrong next week. Yeah, I'm sure we'll go two from however many games we've got. What is it, 20 games? No, nah, it's not that two many. From ten. Two from 10. Ten, two from 10. Two from 10 over the uh, the course of the week. But, yeah, uh, no, the tra- we spoke about it before, but the trade deadline's come and gone so there'll be no more changes for the season. Uh, everyone's locked in and ready to go. So, yeah, I don't, I'm looking forward to it, mate. I'm Really excited by the tightness of the Monday Monday comp and uh, the Tuesday comp starting to show some good things as well. So exciting yeah, times. It is exciting times. Mate, thanks for joining me again on the pod. It was, uh, it was good to share the mic with you, mate. Uh, and, yeah, we'll do it all again next week. Thanks. Always a pleasure. See you next week.